What's your name? Sam Scarlett. Like some food for thought? Tune into radical philosophy with discussions on freedom, happiness, knowledge, evil, and rational words from Well, who's your best friend? Big Bill Haywood. He's in here with you. He's still my best friend. What's your nationality? None. Well, what country are you a citizen of? I am a citizen of industry. Where is your home? Cook County Jail. Before that, County Jail, Cleveland, Ohio. And before that, City Jail, Akron, Ohio. Look, are you a citizen? No, I'm an industrial worker of the world. Welcome to the Sewer Show, Squatters and Unwaged Workers Airwaves, coming to you every Friday between 5.30 and 6.30pm on 3CR Community Radio, 8.55 on your AM dial. This is the Wobbly Show, presented by members of the Melbourne Industrial Workers of the World, and we produce the Sewer program on the fifth Friday of the month. Stay tuned. Yes, and good evening, listeners. This show is broadcast from First Nations Kulin People Country on the land of the Wurundjeri, known as Fitzroy. This land was stolen from those traditional owners by the British colonisers in a bloody military operation and no treaty has ever been signed. Stolen generations and stolen wages continue this injustice. The current recognition of the Constitution campaign is not a treaty, just like native title is not land rights. We respect Elders past and present listening and word up for the Invasion Day 2016 organisers and supporters. It was a great effort on Tuesday. This sewer show is presented by the IWW. And uh, the theme tonight is an Irish theme, uh, remembering that a 100th anniversary of the Easter uprising is happening this April. Some of the music features Irish women. Uh, two tracks are about Mother Jones, one of the co-founders of the IWW, and a rabble-rouser, or a hell-raiser, as she liked to be called. On the show tonight, we have a guest in the studio, we're hoping, after 6 o'clock, uh, with Melissa, who's from an Earth Worker cooperativist, cooperativist, I should say, and she's recently been travelling in Europe attending the Climate Change Conference in Paris and also I think she went to Italy and Spain. Okay, we've got a, a very, very diverse show tonight. And the first track, we've got a bit of music, so just sit back and relax. The first music, the first track we're playing is The Spirit of Mother Jones and it's written by an IWW member called Andy Irvine. And Mother Jones was a founder of the IWW, or I should say a co-founder, in Chicago in 1905. She was born in Cork City in County Cork in 1837, which is an island, and she died in 1930 at the age of 93 after a life of organising with minors and against child labour. There's an annual festival held to commemorate her in the United States, and Mother Jones met and encouraged James Connolly, who we're going to have a track later on uh, that he wrote. Um, she, enjoyed, she encouraged James Connolly to join the IWW while he was wage slaving in the United States and he smoke, spoke publicly on IWW platforms. So sit back and listen to The Spirit of Mother Jones. Okay, that was the song The Spirit of Mother Jones by Andy Irvine. We're going to go on now to radical dates for the coming month of February. And on the 1st of February last year, 2015 in Melbourne, refugee activists interrupt the Australian Open men's final and invade the court, calling for the closure of the Manus Island Detention Centre. And on the 3rd of February 1979 in Western Australia, 300 people occupy the site of a proposed smelter at Wagerup in order to prevent the destruction of old growth forests through bauxite mining for aluminium production. 
and on the 4th of February 1939 in New South Wales, after Indigenous activist Jack Patton is arrested and removed from the Kumarajunja mission, up to 200 residents walk off the station in protest, many never to return. And on the 6th of February 1902, Western Australia, drinkers in the town of Moline who had been boycotting local pubs for a month over exorbitant prices receive a barrel of beer sent by supporters from the nearby town of Menzies. And on the 7th of February 1972 in Sydney, black power activists begin a free breakfast service for Indigenous children in Newtown. And on the 12th of February 1965, New South Wales Indigenous activists and supporters begin a two-week freedom ride around the state to protest against coal mining. 13th of February in 2015 in New South Wales, 250 people gather at the Laird State Forest to take part in actions against coal mining. Yes, I think that freedom ride was actually about uh, Indigenous people, First Nations people's right to go in the pools and somehow it became to protest against coal mining. I'm sure they didn't like coal mining, but they're <laughs> priorities. So sorry about that, listeners. On the 14th of February 2003, Australian hundreds of thousands of people joining peace rallies across the country opposing Australian involvement in the invasion of Iraq. And were they right or what? Exactly. 16th of February 1921 in Sydney, 600 people mobbed the governor's vehicle and attempt to break down the door of the chief secretary's office during a demonstration over unemployment. On the 17th of February in 1920 in Melbourne, 80 disabled ex-servicemen working in an artificial limb factory ceased work over the Defence Department's refusal to cut working hours and improve pay. And on the 18th of February 1951 in Newcastle, 330 female members of the Federated Iron Workers Association begin a strike, eventually winning equal pay with men after seven weeks. Oh, it's good old 50s. Yes. yes. 19th of February 1990 in Sydney, a protest flotilla made up of 25 members of the Sydney Rainforest Action Group delay a ship carrying timber from endangered Southeast Asian forests from docking. And on the 20th of February 1931 in Melbourne, a Footscray real estate agent's office is shut down and has a plate glass window smashed during a protest against carrying out of three evictions. And on the 21st of February 1941 in Sydney, 50 defence workers at the Cockatoo Dockyard refuse to report for duty until an irritating foreman is removed. And on the 25th of February 1982 in Canberra, members of the Sheltered Workshops Employees Association and other disabled workers rally outside Parliament for the right to earn, to earn as much as other pensioners. The above dates are from the 2016 Diary of How to Make Trouble and Influence People, which can still be purchased here at 3CR. It's a fundraiser for the station, yep. Okay, so we're going to have a bit of music now. Um, a song that we've... Um, managed to locate is called Landlord and I'll talk a little bit about that. It's by David Rovix and it's um, the background of the song is that in the 1840s there was a massive rent strike in upstate New York in the United States which ultimately transformed what had been feudal relations between tenants and incredibly rich landlords called patroons. Despite the success of this movement however not much has really changed in the long run. We need many more rent strike movements like that one. So listen to um, Landlord by David Rovick. Okay, that song was Landlord by David Rovick. And you can, I think, download that for a dollar. He's selling that on his website, so it's worth getting it if you want to get it. I don't know where else you'd find it. Okay, the next song we're having is We Only Want the Earth, and it's a poem originally written by James Conley, and it's performed by Cornelius Cardew, who is an improvisational musician but he wrote 
Um, he performed lots of these sort of songs. This was done in 1977 in England. And just a little bit about James Connolly, who wrote We Only Want the Earth. He's best known for his role in the Easter uprising in April 1916 in Dublin, Ireland, for which he was captured and although injured, executed by the British firing squad in May of that year. The rebellion shocked the empire, engaged in the First World War trade war. Loyalists in Australia, like Labor Prime Minister Billy Hughes, tried twice to introduce conscription by referendum but lost the vote after effective community and union opposition. He particularly focused on Fenian Irish Catholics as his opponents, who were seen like Muslims today as all in the one conspiracy. So let's listen to this song, which is called We Only Want the Earth. Okay, that amazing track was We Only Want the Earth. It's based on a poem by IWW member James Conley and set to music by Cornelius Cardew in 1977. Okay, so we're going to just have a quick talk about the highlights of 2015, which we didn't think there were many, but I'm sure there were lots more at the time. Tony Abbott going. Yes. <laughs> then we got Malcolm Turnbull. Anyway. Okay, what's the difference? Okay, so the first one we'll say was the general strike in India, which was estimated 150 million workers. That was estimated by unions, but employers estimated 50 million. But 50 million. Only 50 million. Only 50 million. <laughs> 50 million in anyone's language is a lot. Okay. On a more uh, local level, the MUA took on Hutchison's, which is a big employer out of Hong Kong, and they took them on in um, Brisbane and Botany over redundancies, and I think they got the best deal they could for people. They stuck together for 100 days, which was pretty impressive, I thought. Okay, and the Melbourne IWW went to Melton, one of the anti-fascist um, contingent that went to face the fascists over at Melton, and they took the IWW banner, which we're very proud of. And we're pleased to announce OWW in the UK is starting to grow again, so they're claiming now they have 1,000 members. The largest general membership branch is in London. Okay, and George Mann, who's an American wobbly singer, performed in Melbourne last November for the Joe Hill 100 tour, the anniversary, and he performed at the um, Bella Union Bar and then at the Old Time Union Band with them and others at the Lowman Hotel for a 3CR station benefit. Okay, let's talk a little bit about the low points. Well, we've got the MV Portland, uh, which is Alcoa's eviction of occupying MUA crew by a union-busting private security guards. That happened at 1am, and they were replaced with a scab crew, and the ship sailed out. Uh, community union protests took place, uh, i.e. at Michaela Cash's electoral office in West Perth on uh, Monday, January 18th, and on Thursday the 21st in Hamilton and Warrnambool here in Victoria, then in Portland on Monday, January 25th, and I went along on... Uh, 27th of uh, last Wednesday and we had a demo outside the Liberal Party headquarters in Exhibition Street and it was very well attended. A lot of different union people came because a lot of people getting seeing the writing on the wall. There's some bad stuff coming, I think. Turnbull or Abbott, whoever's in, the employers are getting very cheeky. Exactly. I mean, yeah. Anyway, the MUA and the CFMU have been discussing cooperation and merger in the solidarity unionism news. The need for international unionism to be better coordinated has become most obvious of late. And the ACTU's Dave Oller has acknowledged inside Australia union membership is now 15% of the workforce and in the private sector only 1 in 10 workers. So they need to be talking to the youth or getting something together. Yeah, things <laughs> need to change. People need to organise. So that means you, listeners, what are you doing? Okay, so we've had that news. So what we're going to do is just do a couple of announcements um, and then we'll come back. We have Melissa in the studio and we're going to talk to her about her troublemaking activities.
This is Irene Bolger, former Secretary of the Nurses' Federation in Victoria. Throughout the nurses' dispute in 1986 and the waterfront dispute in 1998, 3CR was always there, broadcasting the voices of workers in struggle. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio and we're broadcasting live from the Bay to Chicken Strike here in Melbourne. We've just seen all of the thousands of nurses walk through to their meeting and people from different unions showing their solidarity. 3CR, radio for the workers, by the workers, since 1976. Global Intifada, bringing you current affairs through revolutionary and protest music from around the world. Every Thursday afternoon from 5 till 6 on 3CR. Because music is our bomb. What's your name? Sam Scarlett. What's your religion? The IWW. That ain't no religion. The only one I got. Who's your next of kin? I don't have it. Well, who's your best friend? Big Bill Haywood. He's in here with you. He's still my best friend. What's your nationality? None. Well, what country are you a citizen of? I am a citizen of industry. Where is your home? Cook County Jail. Before that, County Jail, Cleveland, Ohio. And before that, City Jail, Akron, Ohio. Look, are you a citizen? No, I'm an industrial worker of the world. Welcome to the Sewer Show, Squatters and Unwaged Workers Airwaves, coming to you every Friday between 5.30 and 6.30pm on 3CR Community Radio, 8.55 on your AM dial. This is the Wobbly Show, presented by members of the Melbourne Industrial Workers of the World, and we produce the Sewer Program on the fifth Friday of the month. Stay tuned. Okay, welcome back to the studios of 3CR. We've got Melissa, um, who we're going to talk to now. She's from the Earthworker Cooperative, and we'll be speaking about the Earthworker itself and the stalls they've been doing and what they're doing at the moment. And also we're talking about the Climate Guardian Angels and her experience in Paris and her brief travel through Italy and Spain. So let's launch in. How are you, Melissa? Very good. How are you, Margaret? Good. Welcome to the studio. Thank you. Okay, our first question is, um, let's talk about how you got involved in the Climate Angels and your involvement with the group in Australia and Paris at the Climate Change Conference. Okay, well, I've been involved with Climax for two years. Um, I met uh, the founders of Climax, which is a climate change theatre group, um, at a Melbourne Free University talk. And they sort of appeared as these uh, billionaire mining ladies with diamond encrusted hard hats. And I thought, this is pretty amusing. And um, when, you know, they sort of were talking about the environment, I kind of asked some questions around, well, you know, capitalism causes so many of our environmental problems. You know, what are your thoughts around this? And... Uh, I guess that ended up in a conversation after the Melbourne Free University session ended and um, led to my involvement in 
this climate change theatre group and being invited to become one of the climate guardian angels. Sure, and I know there were activities previous to you going and you made some spectacular front pages and um, I think you had a bit to do with um, that guy Hunt who's around who none of us particularly like. <laughs> for our, sure. Our well-respected environment minister. <laughs> he does so much for the barrier reef and the environment. Come on. So tell us how that that, that, that sort of gave you a preliminary feeling, didn't it, of yeah. putting on those wings, joining those other women, you know, and sort of taking those, doing those actions, yeah. So Absolutely. tell us a bit about that. How did that feel? And that was getting the feel for it, yeah. Um, well, I guess we've done a number of different actions through the past couple of years, um, everything from opening the lawn sculpture Ben Ali as the Climate Guardian, so our angel act, which we actually made custom wings designed by a sculptor. Um, are, they for, he- are they heavy? I was just curious. They are heavy. Oh. They've got metal poles in them. Wow. Um, so they look amazing and when you've got those wings on, everyone just comes up and they're like, oh, it's so beautiful. And, I mean, it, they're artworks. It's like walking around with an artwork, but they're also very heavy artworks. <laughs> Art is heavy, yes. <laughs> yes. It's a burden we all carry. <laughs> um, so, so was there one – was, was there an occasion of getting on a roof? That was one yes. I saw. Yeah, so that, that in the lead-up to going to Paris, um, a number of uh, climate guardians, because we're kind of a rotating group, so different people do different actions, but a number of people got up onto the roof of Greg Hunt's um, office in uh, – Hastings. Hastings, that's <laughs> yes. right, down the – bottom of the Mornington Peninsula (laughs) and um, I was ground support that day and yeah it went really well we got um, no media attention but it kind of alerted uh, I guess various people who follow us on social media and it got the attention of Greenpeace um, to I guess say we're really serious about um, Australian government's neglect of climate change. Uh, it's basically representation of the mining industry at the cost of all the rest of us and future generations. And it was kind of a good sort of stepping stone to when we actually got to Paris um, and what we had planned for Paris. Sure. So let's talk a bit, a little bit about Paris, getting there and setting up. And it looked quite tiring. You sort of would get up, put it on, you know, go to demos. And the demos, the, when you first got there, there was a huge sort of um, military pres- presence, guns, so demonstrations. And a lot of people weren't demonstrating and you sort of, people did demonstrate, but you sort of got in front of various things, which I thought was pretty good yes. um, and also very brave. So were you genuinely in fear any of the time? I imagine you would have been initially until you got the hang of it a bit, what what laws are like and, and how they enforce them. Well, it's quite interesting when you're kind of a, a theatre act. In some ways you have a lot more negotiating power with the police. Um, so in Australia we've not generally had any problems when we've done any direct actions um, other people have been arrested, but, you know, if angels have locked on, 
they're like, oh, you know, when are you ready to go? <laughs> kind of thing. It's a whole other conversation usually. It's an unknown, isn't it? You it went is. to a place, you had yeah. your little sort of group behind you supporting you, but it is an unknown thing and you weren't quite sure would you be arrested yeah. straight away, but you weren't. And, and, thing, uh, and things got better and better, didn't they? It's they sort of... certainly, well, they did not they didn't, but yeah. it, there was certainly, I guess, a lot of apprehension, especially, you know, with the massacre that occurred in mm. various locations around Paris and the declaration of the state of emergency. Um we had a lot of discussions after that about, you know, how can we reorganise our plans so that we can still, you know, be there and make our presence felt and get our message across um, and represents the interests of ordinary Australians at the climate conference because um, our government certainly wasn't going to be doing that. And uh, we just kind of had to take the risk. Um, it's really good in terms of being an angel is very de-escalating. Mm. So I guess when we were there, the gendarmes, as they're called, <laughs> the, the French military police, they'd be like, oh, hello, bonjour, ladies. <laughs> That's my um, so they even um the first rally that was cancelled november 29th that was going to be the people's climate march in paris um there wasn't going to be an actual demonstration the way that had previously been planned and uh so there was kind of a human chain and the angels sort of walked along the human chain and walked through the shoes of the people who couldn't attend. That was a great um, photo opportunity. <laughs> All the shoes, you know, Absolutely. people. This is, this is France, the bastion of free speech. I thought it was excellent. Yeah, and, yeah. and the media just mm. kind of swarmed over us. And mm. um, as the situation started to escalate because um, the police had blocked off the various exits to the square they informed us of basically you know the last remaining entrances to and to leave so uh we did leave because i guess having artworks on your back means that you can't really run away very Mm. fast if the tear gas starts Mm. coming um so it, we kind of made our point and we got on the covers of newspapers right across the world, um, various parts of Europe, the Middle East, Asia. Um, and by this stage, we already had the cover of the Age newspaper that had come out the day before or a couple of days before um, the November 29 uh protest and so yeah we just we got so much media coverage because we were one of the few groups that was kind of doing what Mm. we were doing bit of theater bit of theater um we showed up at Le Bourget the opening Mm. day of the climate conference and we were the only protesters there. Yeah, good on you. And yeah. we, yeah. when security were asking, what are you doing here? Oh, we're a theatre group. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my next question is a bit what we've been talking about in hindsight. Mm. How do you think things worked out in terms of getting the message across? And it, 
it sort of did. You did get quite a lot. I wanted to talk a bit about the team because it just wasn't you. There was also people organising. You had um, Sean Bedlin and I saw lots of his videos and there was a bit of a crew of you, so that worked. It was a very big crew of us. There was actually about 14 of us, I think. Mm. Um, So basically Climax went over in collaboration with WACA, Whistleblowers, Activists and Citizens Alliance, and um, WACA were producing a lot of the media, so Sean Bedlam, who is an artist and comedian, um, was producing videos of um, what we were up to in Paris. Um, I myself didn't do a lot of angeling, um, because I was more behind the scenes doing social media. Um, Samantha Castro from Friends of the Earth um, in her wacker capacity was doing a lot of, um, I guess, liaising with various groups um, and ended up kind of in the position of coordinating the final D12 rally uh, because all of the organisers disappeared so she kind of did an amazing job ensuring that the angels were at the head of the march and and she's willing to push things eh? absolutely like get in there and you'd be going oh I don't know but she'd say get in there and do it and she'd be there too putting herself she was amazing she led a sit down under the Eiffel Bridge And we in should Paris. give a plug because she does a show on 3CR on uh, Monday, Dirt Radio, so worth so, listening to on 3CR. Absolutely. Okay, so we'll move on just to response from foreign media and the crackdown in France on civil liberties, um, which we've covered a little bit. Um, I think you've got good footage. What, what are your feelings around foreign media? But you would have seen alternative media too, which yes. I'm more interested in, and making contact with various travel makers from all over absolutely. the world. That must have been quite quite something. It was very something. Um, I didn't get a lot of time to meet a lot of activists that were also in Paris, but uh, towards the end of the time that we were there, um, WACA had um, started collaborating with a number of American anarchists and uh, one of the anarchists that we met, um, Ducky Joseph, I think, he ended up writing an article about our energy action um, and also a bit of an overview of his thoughts on um, the whole of the climate talks, how that progressed. And uh, we also got on to a number of alternative uh, media outlets. So we were on Democracy Now!, we were on Act Out!, um, I think... I think we got an article in Truth Out as well uh-huh. about Angie. Mm. So we so got quite a lot of coverage in the alternative media. That's good. So I'm just wanting to ask you any comments on the the show you're on is the Sewer Show Squatters and Unwedged Workers Airwaves. Mm. And I wanted to ask you about what are your comments say on the conditions of the working poor and conditions of workers in Europe, you know, especially around austerity and refugees in particular, because it's really affecting people. And what was your... Yeah, just a one-minute answer, real one minute quick, answer. easy subject. <laughs> quick, a quick, easy subject, for sure. <laughs> oh, I don't know. It's really... It's, yeah, it's, it's hard. hard to summarise yeah. in one minute. Um, no, I guess... I'm, I'm pulling your leg and taking an hour, really. <laughs> it does, and especially because, you know, you're an Australian tourist... Mm. Um, depending on who you've linked up with and what you're planning to do, you don't really get to see a lot of people's 
ordinary lives. Um, so you can see kind of the nice touristy aspects of a city and not actually get any kind of revelations about what things are like. But it was noticeable when I went into Italy um, that there was so much more poverty and begging compared to Austria and, um, you know, it was also really inspiring for me because I got to learn so much more about, uh, you know, I guess these sort of self-help, self-development schemes that a lot of European activists do. So, you know, you show up somewhere for a gig and it turns out it's a squat by anarchists that they've taken over the space and, you know, they've turned it into a community centre where people can come and see bands. And so it was really great to learn about this side because we don't see a lot of that in Australia. Sure, sounds great. We'd like to cover stuff like that in the future. Um, so general feeling about how people in Europe are accepting the call for urgent environmental change. I mean, you're there as an, uh, chiefly as an environmentalist, so I'm really interested in how people respond because there's so much apathy generally in Australia. I know Europe's a bit different kettle of fish. There is various countries that have even done stuff, you know, to change mm. people's thinking around environment, especially in France and the mm. south of France. But what are your feelings around that? Mm. Um. I guess not having much of a chance to talk to people sort of who were living locally in Paris itself, I'm not too sure. But I did get a bit of a chance to talk to people in Spain um, about their thoughts on environment crisis. Um, when I was in Barcelona, I met with members of Cooperativa Integral Catalana and uh, Fair Co-op and, you know, we discussed about you know, environment crisis, the need for there to be systemic change. Um, certainly the politics of a lot of people in Paris were more towards that we need systemic change now. You know, we can't just have, like, lifestyle changes in terms of changing the light bulbs. It's not good enough anymore. We need radical action. Mm-hmm. So the next question is a bit similar, saying, asking about um, in your travels getting to meet troublemakers and cooperative members, like I'm sure some people are quite inspiring because people have so very little. you told little... people about Earthworker, which are involved in here? Were they curious? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. So when I went to Barcelona and I was meet, meeting people who were involved in cooperatives in Barcelona, uh, they were very interested in Earthworker um, and about building closer links between, you know, organisations in Catalonia, in Spain, um, and obviously Earthworker in Australia, and I think that's a really exciting development. It's something that I want to do a lot more work on this year and hopefully, hopefully go back to Spain in future and strengthen those links between Earthworker and cooperatives in Spain because they have just progressed a lot further than we have and there's a lot more knowledge about cooperatives. And just for people out there who don't know what Earthworker is, just um, a short, you know, to explain who they are and what they do. Yeah, so Earthworker is a community organisation that's setting up worker cooperatives in sustainable industries and we've started out by um, basically mutualising or turning into a cooperative a factory in Dandenong that manufactures the tanks for solar hot water systems. 
and um, yeah, we're hoping to set up other cooperatives in uh, organic farming. Um, in I think there's an engineering cooperative that's already running as a business, and yeah, just I guess building a different sort of economic system. Sure. Um, just websites, action support needed. How do people go about accessing or finding information about that? So you can uh, find Earthworkers' website if you look up earthworkercooperative.com.au. Mm-hmm. And in terms of the Climate Angels, um, just to find out news about them or what they're doing, is yeah. there a way of doing that? Yeah, so uh, the Climate Change Theatre Group Climax. Uh, can be found at climax, C-L-I-M-A-C-T-S dot org dot A-U. That's their website. They're also um, on Facebook and Twitter, as is Earthworker. And Earthworker is also currently running a crowdfund campaign. Um, so the website for the crowdfund is chuffed uh, slash projects slash Give tanks. Great. And I saw an article about Aboriginal housing yep. and supplying a, t- um, um, a solar yeah. hot water system, which I thought was fantastic. So yeah. It's think- a really exciting partnership that we're mm. developing now with Aboriginal Housing Victoria. And, you know, we're both keen to, you know, use this as an opportunity to, you know, improve their housing, help them reduce emissions and also, you know, uh, create Indigenous employment. So we're talking about um, creating more work for young Indigenous plumbers. Uh, So it's a really exciting area. And um, I definitely encourage listeners to go and check out about the crowdfund campaign, get behind it, because the more money we raise, the more we can, um, yeah, improve community housing stock of uh, Aboriginal housing Victoria properties. And quality of life generally. Absolutely. So last question, just future plans and how you feel generally about the situation in Melbourne life now that you're back here into it. Uh, Well, Melbourne's great. I mean, it's the most radical city in Australia. I love it. Um, And I'm very excited about being back and doing lots of stuff with Earthworker Cooperative. That's going to be one of my main focuses this year again and um, doing more things with the new international bookshop. I saw you've been doing stalls, so if listeners yeah. want get it, have you got any coming up soon that they can get along to? Absolutely. So Earthworker Cooperative is going to be at the big weekend as part of the Sustainable Living Festival from the 12th to the 14th of February. So we'll be down at Birongma every day on that weekend if you'd like to come down and have a look. And we're also running a couple of events as part of SLF. Um, I've got one at Kathleen Syme Library that's been organised um, called Building a Cooperative Economy. It's going to be a panel discussion uh, with some really great speakers Um, So have a look at the SLF program. We've also got another talk under the big tree during the big weekend. Right. Well, thanks very much, Melissa. for all the school listeners, besides the internet stuff, you've got a phone number here, so I can read that out on there. Definitely. So the phone number, if you want to give us a call, is 1300 463 2784. Thanks a lot. That's great. Great. Okay. Um, Stick around. We're going to um, 
have some coming events. We're going to read them and have a bit of music. So, yeah, it'd be nice for you to stick around if you want to comment, yeah, do comment. Definitely. Thank okay, you. Okay, so our coming events. Um, We'll start with um, George Mann, who is returning to sing Solidarity songs at the Victorian Trades Hall in early February and is also doing some other cities. So dates are going to be confirmed, but that will be happening pretty soon in February. So stay tuned to 3CR, especially the Sewer Show. We'll probably have the dates on the next show. And next Tuesday at 9am, Coles Workers Against Wage Theft are organising a vigil in support of a person going to the Fair Work Commission at 11 Exhibition Street in Melbourne. And on the 9th of the 2nd on Tuesday at 11.30am, demonstration outside Parliament. It's a rally for renewables, which is organised by Friends of the Earth. And I assume you'll be there, Melissa, will you? Yes, Earth Worker will definitely <laughs> be there. I will definitely be there in person as well. Great. And on the 10th of February, what is anarcho-syndicalism? Laurie Akai, Secretary of the IWA, will be speaking at Trades Hall, Ligon Street, Carlton, 7pm. And on the, um, the in March, um, the March 2016 Camp Anarchy Coordinating Meetings are really are starting soon and they're needing extra people to help, so keep an eye on the Anarchist Events page book on Fastbook for dates as well as staying tuned to 3CR. So we'll be announcing when the date will be for the organising of the Camp Anarchy that's been on for quite a few years now. And I think we're going to hear a track now uh, again about Mother Jones, the most dangerous woman in America. It's not a bad title to have as (laughs) what you're known as. And this is by Utah Phillips and it's in a cooperative project with uh, Annie DeFranco, who some of the younger listeners would be more familiar with. And the album's called Fellow Workers. That beautiful track was Most Dangerous Woman in America by Utah Phillips, um, a deceased Wobbly member. He was very active and he got, he re-brought a whole lot of old Wobbly songs into... Um, and with his co- his linking with Anna DeFranco, they put out this amazing album called Fellow Workers. And just to recap on Mother Jones, she was one of the co-founders of the IWW in Chicago in 1905. She was born in County Cork in 1837 and she died in 1930 at the age of 93 after a life of organising with minors and against child labour. So that track, Most Dangerous Woman in America. Okay, we'd like to thank um, Melissa for coming into the station today and speaking on behalf of Earthwork. Thanks for having me. (laughs) And Jan, very much for uh, panelling doing a great job juggling all the music and everything for us. Uh, Our next show for the Wobblies will be on April 29th, so end of the month, next April. Uh, Wobbly meetings are on the first Saturday of the month, making our next meeting on February the 6th. That'll be at 1pm at Trades Hall, and uh, we've now got an office up on the fourth floor, so if you turn up there or ring us up. Mm. And uh, next Friday will be the Anarchist Feminist Sewer Show, so listen again Friday, 5.30 to 6.30 here on 3CR. Okay, and we're going to listen to a track now um, and then we'll come back and just do a final... We'll do. We'll also do some public announcements. But this track is called The Fenian Woman Blues, very short track, um, and it's done by um, Evelyn Campbell and it's lesser known in the Irish Easter uprising of the women who are involved in this, and this song acknowledges who they are. So we'll just listen to this very short track called Fenian Women Blues. Okay, that was the Fenian Women's Blues, um, done by that performer called Evelyn Campbell Lesser. Okay, so we're going to put a few public announcements on, and then we'll come back and do a final sign-off. So thank you. Fowler will be coming on, sir. 
Yeah, Mafalda will be coming on soon. So it's actually 6.27, so we're in the dying embers of the sewer show, squatters and unwaged workers' airwaves. So we'll say a farewell now, and thank you for everyone who helped with this show. And please stay tuned at 6.30 to the Mafalda show. So we'll just put some public announcements, but do stay listening. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia, on the Kulin Nation. For more information and to find out how you can support 3CR, go to www.3cr.org.au.